One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Brooko Mode. And thanks for tuning in for the first episode. My name is Egan and I'm 21 years young and a footballer and cricketer who studies psychology and loves researching and learning about the mind in sport, as well as having meaningful conversations, often around sport. So I've decided to combine these passions into a show and see what we can all learn from people's experiences and opinions. Our first guest on the inaugural podcast is one of my best mates and a genuinely talented hardworking footballer. He plays for Hammersley Kareen in the Perth Football League and has won many awards in the last 18 months for his hard work and improved performances in footy and in the gym. Welcome to Brooko Mode. This is Egan, your host, and our first guest on the show is Tate Robertson. G'day, mate. How you going? <laughs> Good, mate. Um, so... We've heard a nice little introduction about you. Um, so, how do we know each other? Tell the audience. How do we know each other? Um, probably just footy, long way back, and probably our dads and stuff like that from a long way back. Joining, and then yeah, I think North Beach probably juniors. What how old we were in like grade four or something, grade five maybe, and yeah, we never really played on the same sort of side or anything. But um, over the years, slowly came together as good mates we like similar friends and love of footy and cricket kind of made us mates really no oh, he said he says we haven't played in the same team but he's forgotten about no i mean at the he's start for, he's forgotten those years i've pipped him in a few a few bns just yeah true <laughs> the um, eights, nines. yeah racking up the touches in the b grades <laughs> <laughs> definitely true 30s every week um so, what are, what are some of your earliest memories of your sport as a youngster? Um, my earliest footy memory was probably being um, about seven or something, pre-primary. Starting probably almost when you can start playing footy because I lived in a household obsessed with football and has grown up with that the whole time. So, me and Spenny, the twin brother, went down to Carrop Saints back in the day. Played a bit of Oz kick there. Couldn't fucking hack it at all. It was <laughs> literally terrible. Um, but yeah, just because I loved it so much. It was that try-hard kid, you know. Fucking just there all the time. Always a footy in the hand as a kid. So yeah, that's probably early earliest memories. Richard Guelphie having a kick there. Early Jew kickers, you know. 
and then yeah it's built from there you know a few different clubs but yeah that was probably the first so so I've reached out to a, a few few people to see what dirt I could d- dig up on that <laughs> and you know Spencer Spencer your twin brothers come back with one of his earliest memories of playing footy when you and Dave you three were at Waffle watching your beloved West Perth um and he's oh, told yeah, me he's told me he's chipped your tooth in a bit of marking contest. <laughs> yeah, those games end up getting pretty uh, pretty fearsome. So Spenny and I we used to always go to the waffle with our dad because he just loves footy. So West Perth every week, every Saturday, um, and these tussles as they get between twins, bit of rivalry there, and it was just hell for leather in those contests. Quarter time, half time, three quarter time, it was like one on one marking contests. And it's probably actually helped me in my footy, like just learning how to use your body in marking contests, but because years of practice against someone similar size. But yeah, on that day, it was a basso. Spenny's gone up for a mark or something. I think he's elbowed me or something. Tooth's gone. But then I can't even think of another time when we were at Freo over when it got pretty heated. We had a bit of a scrap in the middle of the oval, rubbed his head into the dirt. <laughs> I'm sure you'll remember that too. That was kind of what I was expecting him to say. <laughs> but yeah, the, the old uh, the old chip truth is not the best, but yeah, it's just a show of how really competitive we were as brothers at that young age, really. So how do you think that sibling rivalry, you've sort of touched on it, how do you think that's sort of shaped your competitiveness with your sporting yeah, I'd journey. say it's definitely well, from the beginning. It was how I started, like with sport. Um, always wanting to be better than spending was kind of one of the main things for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's had a positive effect for both of us because from a young age we both pushed each other, and even like outside of sporting sort of things like school and stuff like that, it was always a healthy rivalry. It was never like, and it never got beyond me wanting to beat him at all costs like obviously like I'd draw the line at some point but yeah I think having that brother is definitely helpful in all sorts of like sporting non-sporting definitely I think the good thing about when you compete against your siblings is you, you sort of have that carelessness and, and there's no worry about losing a friend and yeah exactly that's a great point um what i would say for that is the fact that with spending and i we can always like have a fight or like as if we were kids have a wrestle or something and be fuming with each other right at absolute anger like so angry with each other and then like within 20 minutes we'd be like back on good terms so that's always a great thing. Exactly. And it's probably a help with like, a lot of friendships as well. I'm like quite a forgiving person, I think. So even if I'm having a fire with someone, you know, I'm going to be pretty forgiving. I'm going to have the olive branch of that type of person totally because of that. Yeah, I think that, that white line fever is, is the perfect, you know, attitude to have the yeah, competitive, competitiveness yeah, on the field and being sure, able to shake hands after helpful. the game. Definitely helpful in footy for sure. Like that, having that competitive edge is probably something that I think kind of lacked for me the last couple of years but then bringing it back and actually just wanting to drive just for yourself as well like rather than thinking of and comparing yourself with others like just having that competitive desire inside of yourself to just want to be better um it's kind of really important I think yeah that's that's the perfect leap into where I was wanting to go with this you know we play 
sport in in the high school period is like is really social you you play with a lot of people you go to school with um just a, that was what it was like from my experience at Hale and then obviously at Korean you, you went to school with a lot of people you you played footy with um and now that you've transitioned out of school into into full-time job and you don't really have those conversations as much about the game and, and training it sort of sort of becomes a bit distinct from each other um has is that do you reckon that leads into that competitiveness and that sort of might why it might have drifted off in the yeah i guess yeah the so the social aspect of sport at school and like trying to be cool or whatever you know like not wanting to be a tryhard or something like that kind of like i can kind of yeah get it like that but yeah having com- constant comparison to yourself like when you're younger and then also yeah as you go up that's just like a part of growing up i guess like you always people always compare themselves with others and i think it's like a being able to mature and realize that having the competitiveness not to do with anyone else is an inner sort of thing and it should just be not worrying about what everyone else is thinking but what you are thinking and what you want to improve on if that makes sense yeah definitely yeah. um you know over the last 18 month period you've made a lot of good positive changes for your own training for sport and also you know you you transitioned into that full-time work and now that you've got a relationship going on at the moment um you know how do you how do you seem to manage manage those those efforts in in all of them yeah, it's just a sort of priorities and that sort of stuff. But um, the training thing, um, just improving on that has been good because um, I feel like I kind of lacked a bit of discipline. And it comes back to what I've kind of been saying the whole time today, just broken record. But just the, the same thing with discipline. It's just like it's got to come from yourself. Like you, you can't always be motivated, but if you're disciplined with the gym or your training, or your schoolwork, or whatever, whatever it is, it's always going to hold you in good stead, like, over, over time, and from what I've learned, like, consistency is more important than putting in a day's work, day's hard work, and then not being able to back it up, so you'd rather turn up and put in, I don't know, say you're feeling shit, and you can't go to the gym, or you feel like you can't, you'd rather put in that, go there, put in that 15 20 percent if that's all you've got then not go at all but yeah i just think yeah that sort of discipline is important so now that you've got a more consistent routine um do you think do you think sometimes we're held back from training because i feel like definitely for me this has been a thing that i've had i've changed is we try and make programs for ourselves and routines that are too perfect and it's just and then it's just it doesn't really get done because you can nothing will ever no training yeah. program will ever be perfect yeah i agree because sometimes you can just go to the gym and try and want to just completely smash yourself get 100 percent out every single time but then you just you've smashed for the next couple of days you can't can't do it and it's not repeatable and that's how you get out of the rhythm that you create you want to create you want to be in there for a long period of time over a long period of time not you don't want to spend two hours one day 
and then none for the rest of the week. Like, I feel like it's really important to try and build good habits. Like, that's kind of one of the things I really want to work on the next year or so is just trying to have those habits and continue what I've started to try and build on, which is that, like, good sleep, good, like, routine with the gym. Um, running as well is probably one thing I'd kind of want to work on as well. But, um, yeah, obviously perfectionism at the gym is important especially for people that go to the commercial gym as well like no one wants to try like half the exercises that if you've got a trainer that they've been programmed to because you're like oh i might look stupid or whatever but the reality is no one's even watching you and like no one even cares what you're doing exactly. people are so like focused on themselves and you need to think about how focused on yourself you are when you're at the gym don't even really care what anyone else does and even like for the other day like when I was at the gym, I was I did something. I think it was a box jump, <laughs> and um, it was like unsteady box. <laughs> Jumped on it, yeah. and just fully like stacked <laughs> in the middle of like commercial gym. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. It's just like one of those boxes that's like really dodgy, like didn't have any like weight on it. And I just jumped on it, and I was like, fell. I was like, oh, okay. But then I just got up, and it was like, you can easily just be embarrassed. But, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, no one gives a shit. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, But, yeah, I think back to the question. Um, yeah, just turning up is just really important. I think building habits and if you've only got 80% to give for the day, 80% is good. It's better than fucking If you give 80 and, you got, and you've only got 80, that's 100 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, life gets in the way, you know. Like, every, not every day you're going to have 100%. People get sick and stuff happens. But, like, just putting in over a long period of time like one percent every day or like dollar in the bank every day adds up over a long period of time that's good saying I think I think with this perfectionism thing it just if if you've if you're valuing hard work and giving it your all then you're holding yourself accountable to that I think when you aim for perfection with your training and realistically that's not going to always happen then you know and you when you can't give that you're, you're always going to feel yeah you're always going to feel like you've you, you haven't achieved anything yeah. in that from that session so holding yourself to account definitely yeah the holding self account is important because when you do feel good you do want to train with intent obviously like not saying that you shouldn't train 100 <laughs> percent. it's just you should manage yourself and know how you're going um yeah obviously you want to, everyone wants to improve and do what they can and everyone's different but i think for me definitely putting in the work over time rather than smashing yourself every single time in the gym is good and the reason why I was able to kind of keep it up over the full year really apart from when I was sick or whatever but um, yeah I think that's definitely the case so you've made some really good progress over the last 18 months as we've touched on um, winning the Rising Star Hammersley 2022 (laughs) can see see the smile on his face you know that's still you know yeah, it's, it's amateur football, it. but you, for a, scene, a lot of yeah. a lot of people at the football club, and you've you've shown. A, I don't. I'm not sure what the rising star is. That yeah. just a young. Well, I, yeah. The there's actually quite a few like good. Maybe happy to win it because there's a lot of good players that have won it in the last couple of years. So, it's yeah more of a like young player that's kind of rising up the ranks sort of thing. I don't know. if... Bit, bit more than most improved, hopefully. Yeah. But but no, yeah, I, I was happy to win it. It was it was nice because yeah, I I felt like I'd probably deserved it because 
I did start the year as a Colt, like I was rising. Uh, I mean, vice captain of the Colts selected, and I wasn't really expecting to play a lot of league games. Was hoping to play a few, um, but yeah, to be able to play all the games except for five, played all the finals, um, really cemented my spot in the second half of the year, and had a good grand final. So I was pretty happy to play a good grand final, considering I had an absolute mare the year before. Yeah, in the Colts, <laughs> hardly touched the pill all day. Just play your role, mate. You know that. exactly. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so as well as the Rising Star, you've got recently the most improved award at your that Perform HQ yep. gym you're at. So that's which is probably where you would attribute a lot of your um, you know yeah, improvements over the last eighteen months. How is how is how is being training in that environment and having sort of that coach in your ear, you know, helped you with your routines and giving you some structure? Yeah, I think the coaches perform really good because they create such a great environment um like it's just a testament how good like perform is now it's growing because literally every time i wear a piece of perform merch i get some random person come up to me like oh do you train at performance like, <laughs> yeah i do but like yeah it's got such good um such good reputation now in perth because of how good the coaches are and, like they really give a shit which is what i like uh, they will tailor the program they'll give you the time of day make it sport specific and they're always really contactable as well so big shout out to keithy yeah. <laughs> keithy's my coach and um obviously isaac's owner so he was very good for me at the start as well so yeah very welcoming very good like competitive sporting environment so there's like always a lot of codes in there um there's a all the coaches have like a variety of different experiences in different sports um which is really good um so that way you your coach is not just one dimensional um we've got guys that he's i know keith coaches rugby boys footy the like so yeah i think like training there's really sparked my interest to be honest in like s and c sort of stuff it's kind of something i always had an interest in when i was a bit younger but um actually like going through the program and stuff like that um it's got me a lot more interested in like the the way that um athletes train and um improvements and like from where where you should start from and then yeah just the exercises how they evolve basically and a lot of, probably the jumping sort of stuff has kind of piqued my interest a lot um and plyometrics and stuff like that so yeah it'd be kind of something i'd like to look into more in the future so whether that's a uni degree or nothing i don't know it's a still, good hobby, but yeah, still twenty years old, mate. <laughs> exactly, but no, it's just yeah, it's a it's a good environment. And that's that's definitely what, one of the things that was has helped me over the year um, improve in footy and yeah, in everything else. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I've reached out to another one. I've reached out to our good mate Toby. Um, Tony. Tony. Tone clothes. <laughs> Tone clothing. I've um. Shout out Tone clothing. <laughs> he's um. <laughs> He's told me this year, every time he's laced you out, you've missed the session. Oh, that's true. Toby, um, as well known, beautiful left foot. So when Toby gets the ball, he often gets the uh, the kicking duties. Um, but um, when he gets up up the ground, he's got a he's got an eye for tape rob in the fifty. <laughs> <laughs> he can put he can spot me out if I've got a lead. I've got a couple of meters. He hits me up and. To be fair, I've taken a couple of nice marks on the lead from Tony's lace me out. A couple of good kicks, but a couple of good clunks there. But um, yeah, missed them both. So I think they were both kickable as well. And now I think oh, I might have been two or three. But anyway, it's definitely in my head now. Once he's kicked it to me, 
I like it. I need to kick this. Because the first first one he kicked to me, it was, um, I think we played High Wickham. We played Lewis Theatre that game. And it was first quarter, and I had it abs- I was having a blinder. I hardly sniffed it for the rest of the day. But first quarter, I think it might have been like one of the first plays of the game. Just pushed, pushed the bloke off, took a mark. I was... I was like 20 metres out directly in front and Tony's Tony's giving it a fist bump in the air after he's hit me and I was like oh I've got to kick this now and then I missed it and I was like oh there's nothing worse than that is there yeah no can't excuse missing shots on goal bad kickings bad footy but yeah nah I've got to I've got to get one next year because I know he'll be pretty happy or either that or I've got to I've got to lace him out he's going to kick one I can see him uh Doing a big fifty, big bomb from fifty. It's a bit like, uh, a bit like Hearn, and that's that's the bloke he had the footy card in yeah. the sock. <laughs> we'll have to tell that story another time. Exactly. Um, so now that we've um, talked about that funny story, um, how do you think? You know, you've made all these improvements. I'd say with more the physical side of your game. You yep. know, with your your, your strength and stuff like that athletic specific strength work um and you've conceded you probably haven't kicked as accurate in this year um how do you important do you think craft work is for 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 athletes generally working on specific things like i definitely think it's as important or more important like i think the reason why i was actually able to be half decent as a player before this year was because I had decent skills. Like, I had no physical attributes at all. Like, I was probably below average strength, below average pace, <laughs> average, like, distance. But, yeah, I think to take your game to the next level, you've got to you've got to have those skills and make the time to actually put the skills in. Because, obviously, you train, but the actual craft work as a forward is something that can get missed, I reckon. So like hitting, kicking your shots for goal, having your shots for goal before training or whatever, um, so important I think. Uh, even like the contested marking and marking on the lead, like I think that was something I was able to work on like throughout the year, but definitely didn't come like naturally. Like um, yeah, it's, I just think yeah, having that extra time is definitely going to pay dividends. Like it's definitely something I want to work on in the um, the year coming, having extra time based on the skills, whether that's another extra hour session a week or something. Um, make sure that hitting all the targets, kicking all the set shots that I have because, yeah, it's just such an important part of the game. It can really make you stand out as a player as well. If you're hitting the scoreboard every time you get a chance, it really gives you a chance to play in the highest grade you can, really. Um, and that's, yeah, so important. I think even for mids as well, like the craft work. Um, around the ground like roving as well like from what I found because I didn't play a lot in the midfield this year but coming back into it you're a bit rusty from like actually roving like I think I feel like I'm, some people are probably natural rovers but hitting the ball at pace and actually timing it is something that definitely takes a bit of practice and can get overlooked for just mundane drills ball movement drills you know but obviously just as important <laughs> So yeah, I've got to find balance, I guess. It's definitely, you know, watching a few of the the vlogs from AFL players, Rob, Vlog, Rob Vlogs, Mitch Robinson, you know, the, a lot of the 
there's only so much volume you can get in physically and there's yeah. only so much you can tolerate. I think the good thing about skill work is, is you, you almost can't get enough, especially just touch work. Someone like Lockie Neal is, is un- yeah. un- unbelievable the amount of training I've, we hear that he does. Like, It's something that separates the good from the great. Yeah. And from what I've seen as well, like similar sort of videos, um, like the clubs are looking for people that are actually going to work on their strengths in off season, and like this is what I've seen for people that are wanting to get drafted. Obviously, I'm not in that category, but um, actually working on your strengths is something that's should not be overlooked. Like people probably spend their preseason flogging themselves in the running, flogging themselves in the gym, whereas their their skills their main attribute might be their kicking or their touch work or whatever um, but yeah having those as like a real A turning them from A to an A plus really makes you stand out as a player I think um, yeah having like a, a real standout feature is yeah something that would be really important and I think would be something that should be worked on yeah. I don't even know what might want to be but <laughs> Yeah, if you if you've got something you're good at, yeah. make sure you're fucking good at it. I think you, you, I think with your weaknesses, the main thing about a weakness is it can't be something that holds you back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It doesn't need to, um, it doesn't need to make you separate you from other players, but it can't hold you back from them. You know? Yeah, it's hard to make your weakness into a strength. Like that takes off like a long time, exactly, and like, a lot of work, and then the other skills drop off, and yet thing that you got you where you were might be. Uh, tank or your elite skills or whatever might just yeah go by the wayside and having that as like a real focal point of your game is something that should be aimed for I think and I think it should be overlooked I think just with how footy is I think the great thing about footy and I, this is what I love about footy is that there's a role for everyone you can play as a big lockdown defender you can be really small and have that speed and craft work and I think what happens when you don't train to your strengths and then you sort of you're trying to work on these weaknesses so much and you have this such intense focus on all your weaknesses you sort of just average out both things your strengths drop back a bit and yet yeah. your weaknesses come but then you sort of just become a bit of a B student a mm. bit of, yeah you don't want to just be that mediocre player that's just peaked last or whatever like if you've got like a skill that sets you apart yeah you can play a role yeah exactly and you, that's you, that, that makes you one of the first picks in the side you might and that's going to get you in high teams exactly you might not be the greatest runner you know that's me personally but if you if you shift your attention to what you can do kick handball mark and you know you you train that to a higher degree and you you got to work on your weaknesses like we said yeah so just i think not too much you know, yeah just thing, yeah. just don't want them told you back but yeah i think we can all agree on that um you know a bit of an interesting one here a bit of an interesting question um what do you got i'll put this in a in a footy context okay. um so, this question's often asked the other way around. It's often said, you know, what advice would you give to your younger self okay. right, in a footy thing? But I, I sort of want to twist that around. I want yeah. to say, in a footy context, you know, what would you tell Tate in five years? 
oh. about <laughs> about your your sport. You know, just about yeah. prioritization, about what you think you can do to get better, to make sure that you're enjoying it just as much as you are now. It's a very tough question. Um, yeah, I can probably just be what we kind of discussed about trying to focus on what you're good at. Actually, main thing would be enjoying the footy because. I don't want to lose that because that's something that I've had to do the last couple of years. I've been able to kind of like fall in love with the game again because I feel like it helps when you're winning as well. Like in junior footy, we used to get flogged every week. <laughs> it's like you don't, you don't, it's not the same enjoyment as you get when you're, you're winning, you're up and about and your mates are playing with you. And that's, that's, that's what it's all about really. So I think just continuing to like enjoy the game and, making the most of like your time because you never know when your last game is going to be and obviously I, I love it so I don't want to take it for granted so but what I would tell myself would be yeah enjoy every game because yeah soon enough you won't be playing anymore um, true so it's sort of a follow-on question that's sort of related and um, how do you think your love for the game has changed from maybe say five years ago when we are or maybe even 10 years ago when it's, you know, like, we're just, we don't know much, that's for mm. real, when we're, yeah, exactly. we're 10 years old, we're just running around kicking the footy, we're, we're a bit clueless, but... Well, everyone thinks they're going to play in the AFL when they're 10 years old, <laughs> I know I did, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get picked, I'm going to be picked 10, pick 10 in the draft, watch out, 20, 2019 draft, yeah. <laughs> it would have been 2020, I think, but yeah, um, so how the love of the game's changed, is that right? Well, I think when we're younger and this is everyone sort of has a different relationship to the sport which yeah. is I, which is a great thing but I think for me like I've always had like a an intrinsic love for the game just for the pure competitiveness yeah. of watching two sides same amount of blokes and then it's like how can the coaching how can the players influence yeah. kicking the foot I think that's but then then there's other elements of the game like kicking the ball with your mates the social side yeah um you know how is how do you, how has that sort of changed for you as we get older and and we become more social beings and we you know there's drinking going out and yeah. stuff like that how has that sort of changed your like perception of footy especially community footy because it's not a yeah not getting paid you know i think as a kid i was probably more like um uh, egocentric like cared about myself and how how I played, touching the ball, and that was probably why I love footy so much. It's like trying to be good at it, and I don't know. I love kicking the ball, love kicking the footy with dad and stuff like that. But yeah, I think what it's changed to now is actually being involved in a club, playing with your mates and seeing your mates have success. And that's yeah, obviously like a maturing thing over time that you you get. But yeah, being actually in a team is so good and like. The camaraderie you get from winning premierships is like something that you can't take for granted because they're so hard to win, and it's not something that I was able to do in that junior footy. And it was I'm actually really glad that I didn't get the taste of that because it made me really hungry for it. And even this year, I was just like still craving it. Really, like I really want to have that, keep that drive to actually win premierships because that's the most important. That's why you play the game. Like you can get bogged down your own personal development trying to play high grades or whatever but end of the day winning premierships is where it's at and yeah that's that's why you play yeah there is, there is that special 
feeling when you've got a common goal and there's yeah. a bunch of people contributing unique yeah. parts. The to thing it. is, because like teams are always so different. Though. There might be completely different age groups, or like, especially in senior footy, like there's there's going to be a broad range of ages. But just seeing like all these completely different people playing together and like having one goal is just a great thing. And having their yeah, 22 blokes all with one goal from completely different walks of life like jobs like all coming together to play twice a week and then the game yeah that's that's great that's that's community and that's yeah that's footy that is footy that's <laughs> especially am- amateur yeah footy, that's it? amateur that's why we love it you know and having that connection to your club like, I think that's something that's definitely grown for me um, in junior footy you don't have that same sort of connection to your club I don't feel like um, but yeah being at the club on the Saturday night um, yeah and then selection and stuff like that it's just fantastic I reckon so I like, obviously love ammo footy so yeah love to keep playing for as much as I can really no you might get traded back to North Beach again yeah look mate I think it's more likely that it'll be a Hammersley versus North Beach showdown A grade one day mate yeah. when, when that day comes that's going to be that, that's going to be a great day and we get a tandem by 10 goals too, so... <laughs> <laughs> and Egan's would be playing that, so. Yeah. Um, So we've talked about, you know, the love for the game and, you know, the community aspects of it and the social side and the coming together of people from different walks of life. It's actually, yeah, really important. Uh, I was just going to touch on this as well with like how the connections you actually make through football like they go way beyond the gap beyond the game like even like through business and like um work like the amount of connections you get through footy and like and people you meet it's just like astonishing like it just brings so many different people together and yeah i just think it's yeah it's great. I would probably have, like, no mates, <laughs> to be honest. And like, I wouldn't know as many people as I do, which kind of helps me in my job. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure it will in future for other pursuits or whatever. But yeah, the people you meet th- through footy that, that actually become part of your life other in other sectors is, yeah, yeah. so important. Well, and it's to that sense of community, really. Well, something we haven't touched on yet, which I actually have written down to talk about, is... Is the work you do for ID Athletic? Yeah. Um, you know, you've always had that passion in the sporting field, and we can't all be AFL players, which yep. un- is unfortunate. unfortunate yeah. But we can't all athletes. get paid to play sport. But I think the the great thing about you know the society we're in is there's still lots of opportunities to be in the sports yeah, field, industry, definitely. and you've and you know, maybe can you just elaborate on on what you do? Yeah, so basically I am a account manager. So that means I deal with the clubs um, looking for uniforms, apparel, likes. So one of the main um, contracts we have is with the WACFL. So we deal with a lot of the country clubs. So they come to us looking for their merchandise, their on-field gear. So we do their... We have the rights to the, all of their playing jumpers and shorts, along with a couple of other suppliers. But yeah, um, so that, that's probably one of the good things about my job is actually like dealing with these country clubs, and then obviously we we also do some amateur clubs, but that's not for the on-field stuff. Building them like a range and an identity, because um, I do a bit of graphic design as well. Um, 
yeah, it's really, it's quite rewarding. And obviously you see it out quite a bit as well. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a good thing to, when you see your design out and about, and especially when you design playing jumpers, that's probably the, the main thing that is, that's great. And you see teams winning premierships and stuff like that in the country, wearing wearing your designs. And yeah, I think that's definitely um, something that I wanna keep doing in the future and then looking into the, the country and Obviously, I think as a child or as a kid, like, I was very Perth-centric. I haven't really travelled much, and I, I want to see the rest of the state and see what it has to offer. And it's kind of opened my eyes to how like broad it is and how many, how much like WA loved footy. Like, there's just the amount of teams and like competitions there are. Like, I didn't even know half of them to be honest. And there's so many great clubs like in the country, and um, obviously so many zones as well um but yeah it's good to have that um as an opportunity for us but yeah we also do variety of different sports so i have clients in athletics um we have uh, some rugby as well um yeah just like all sports basically and then even some corporate sort of clients as well but yeah so building their identity is good um yeah come visit us 84 house street We'll work, get you quoted up. <laughs> <laughs> so you did some work for West Perth this year, eh? your, your beloved Yeah, yeah, that was very good. That's probably one of the career highlights sort of things for me because, um, yeah, it's kind of lucky but kind of shows how if you put yourself out there, good things can happen. So I think it was, um, I was having like a half day. I can't even remember why. I think I was sick. So, yeah, I whipped up a Premier's design for West Perth because I was thinking about it during the week as well. Like, I was like, ah, oh, surely win the B-Claremont. Bloody Tigers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was elite. That was an f- awesome game. So we were sitting on the wing at Leaderville. Um, obviously, as we touched on earlier in the podcast, Benny, my dad and I have been to a lot of footy games, a lot of West Perth games. I would have probably been to 200 games. I'm not even joking. So being at Leaderville in front of, like, 13,000, whatever it was, packed house, it was kind of like, such a great moment to be honest because I don't know to put everything together really and we had a great view for the last quarter this is why you watch the footy Zach Gordon has got up and he's taken an absolute hang <laughs> center wing it's probably one of the best marks I've ever seen center wing big grab and we've gone down kicked the wing goal anyway back to what I was doing I knew that had to be a part of the shirt so he, Zach Gordon and front and centre taking a big hang I haven't even taken the number off the Claremont glass so if he sees that he probably won't be happy yeah. Um, but yeah anyway so whipped the design up chucked it on Facebook got a lot of uh, interest from West Perth fans and then ended up getting the uh, assistant coach of West Perth wanting to buy them all for the for the boys to have a fishing trip um, or like a players trip to Darwin and um, yeah got them done for a super quick turnaround time they all loved them Warm in Darwin, warm on their footy trip. Sent me a picture as well of them all wearing it, so that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that was pretty good. And then we, we did some hats for them as well, so the Premier's hats. So. That was that was pretty sick, um, especially like kind of a great, a good design sort of thing tying together. Great experience I had, and yeah, everyone else gets to enjoy it too, which is kind of cool. So yeah, that was a good design I did, and then yeah, masses get to see it too. So. It's kind of rewarding. Hopefully, I see it around a bit 
people like it <laughs> that's cool yeah mate I definitely love your designs thanks Pat too much free work you're giving me um, <laughs> um, check out that potty logo eh it's yeah <laughs> alright the um, the last bit of the show and we'll see where this last little bit leads to it's called stop for pop oh okay all right, now we've got a question from my my pop. Um, <laughs> Sweet. What's he got? So, what is the best advice given to you by a football coach? Oh, that's a great one. Right, well, I'm gonna think about it for a sec. Well, I guess my dad kind of counts because he coached me in yeah. juniors a lot. So, I can head over the ball when you're kicking for goal. This is very important. Keep your head over the ball and kick through it. Haven't been timing, li- haven't, timing. Haven't been it. listening to his advice then on his <laughs> have you? No, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say timing, timing the footy when you're kicking it, and that's really important. So my old man loves kicking the footy. He's he's getting older, but he's, he still loves it. Strings still holding up. He can still, still kick. kicks it further than you. Yeah, he, he can still kick 40, 50 meters, and you're like, what the hell? How's he doing this? It's timing. So just. Don't try and overkick the pill. It's definitely one of the main things I've learnt, and you shank it. You can you can apply that to into cricket as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I think main. that's definitely the best piece of advice I've given. Just don't overkick the footy. You can keep your head over it when you're kicking for goal, and, and you're kicking around the ground. Great so. advice. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Anyways, thanks for listening to Brooko Mode. This is our first episode with Tate Robertson. He will be back again. Don't worry. Um, this is just a, a beginning. Um, we'll see how it pans out. But, thanks um, for having me, mate. No worries. The uh, inaugural guest. Yeah, thanks for coming on. No and um, yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that first episode and learnt something useful from Tate. The power of routine and consistency plays a huge role towards improvement, and I have learnt a lot personally from seeing how Tate goes about his training. Consistent efforts over time, combined with nutrition, stretching, training and sleep, all accumulate together to provide the long-term progress we're after. I'm excited to get the show rolling and make improvements to these conversations to get as much out of them for the audience's experience. Thanks for the support. So research, try and find, but you don't know where to go. So many thoughts flood through your mind You're confused and want to know Mystery, what is to be? So much more than meets the eye Listen to me, time is your key You'll find out by and by You can do it if you try, try, try Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.